tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Sons of Anarchy fans. Welcome to the Sons of Anarchy After Show once again. Talking about Season 7, Episode 2, Toil Until. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me as always, Mr. Stephen Lemieux is here. Hey guys, I am Mr. Stephen Lemieux. Yes, Woo. and uh, unfortunately Kevin couldn't be here tonight. Chris Lee once again is out, but next week we should have the full panel up and running. A full table, full charter, uh, so we're excited about that, but... We're here, we're going to give you the best possible show we can, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about this episode, moving the plot forward in a lot of ways, and setting up some conflicts that I think are going to uh, really come to a head early on this year. I mean, what, that's honestly one of the best things about this being the final season, and let me know how you feel about this, Steven, is that... Kurt Sutter doesn't have any more time to spin out these plot lines. Whatever he wants to do, he's got limited time to accomplish it, which means that there's not going to be a lot of waiting. I feel like there's going to be a lot of collision between all these different stories. Well, I feel like we're going to just, we're not going to know right off the bat because he's, he's going to start several arcs, and mm -hmm. even every season he starts several arcs. Some of them go to the end, some of them just stop, some of them take like even maybe one episode. I feel like we're getting a lot of things right now that are going to come and finish early so we can start new things that are going to all coincide with the overarching arc. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this, yeah. that. Um, but I feel like what we're not going to realize is kind of like a few, uh, few hints we're giving with a few characters that their arc is going to continue past the finale. So they're going to be the ones where it's like, oh, this is the storyline that we're going to imagine what could have happened after the show. Can up. you g give us some insight into who you're talking about? Well, I mean, you say, I mean, we can't even like really guess at this point. Yeah. It's just like some of the interactions between characters that were like, oh, this could go somewhere like Nero and Wendy, like. Right. You never know. If the two of them survived, you know, maybe they're the ones picking up the pieces. Maybe they're the ones raising the boys at the end of this well, show. Well, I don't think that, but I think just the way the way Nero's talking to Wendy and about how Wendy is taking his advice, like the sage advice of somebody mm -hmm. who's had kids in a difficult situation, um, it makes me think that Wendy gets out with the kids. And, like, that's kind of like the kid going, or uh, Abel going to pre-K. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of the Wendy-Abel arc of where that's going to take them. Interesting. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. Before we jump into the show as a whole, I just want to remind everybody out there about iTunes. You know, folks, the best way that you can possibly support this network, and you know, uh, Stephen, you work here, how many hours worth of content do we produce a week here at AfterBuzz TV? Over all four networks we do here, about yeah. 95 to 100. 95 to 100 hours of content. It's all free. It's all available on iTunes, on YouTube, on Stitcher, and you know, it's a massive mammoth undertaking. The best way you can support AfterBuzz TV and thank us for all that great content, go to iTunes, rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. 
YouTube. It's the best way for us to, first of all, get your feedback, make sure that we're giving you the best possible podcast experience that you deserve, but also it's how we're able to make our shows very searchable. It's how we get sponsors that keep our lights on it's and our doors guests. open. It's how we get guests on the show. And it, since this is the final season, we need to try to bust it out with some guests. We really do. So, you know, getting some reviews, getting some ratings really will help us out. We're also uh, embarking on a new initiative. You know, we love hearing from you. We love your tweets. We love your reviews and your comments. Uh, and we do read every one of them. But there's another chance for you to help us out here by taking a very important listener survey over at podcastone.com. Your responses are going to help us make this show the very best it can be. It'll only take about three minutes of your time, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes from knowing you really helped us out. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and how to help us get to know you better. So go ahead, do it now, stop the podcast, maybe don't, maybe you're on the commute, so maybe don't do that, but take the survey at podcast1.com, that's podcast1.com, it'll really help us out, it just takes a couple of minutes, doesn't cost a dime, and keep those tweets, comments, reviews, ratings coming. Thank you. In honor of it only taking three minutes, we're going to give you three minutes of silence right now. No, let's not oh, do okay, yeah. We don't want to waste our time. <laughs> uh, so, Jax, after that brutal execution last God. week, I mean, it, it, I, I, even just seeing it in the opening moments in, like, the, the previously on, it's just like, it's just like, oh, man, that's just grisly. Where are we going to go from here? I liked having a more active Jax this week. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we were kind of playing our cards close to our vest last week, kind of getting situated uh, with Charming once again and seeing where everyone is. But this is Jax on the move. He's got a plan. We get an understanding of that plan this week. He's got a plan, but he doesn't have a vision. He doesn't have a vision. He doesn't care about vision anymore. And it's heartbreaking. I'm not liking this new Jax. I, I mean... Everyone flamed us for, like, oh, if you were a fan of Jax before, you have to be a fan of Jax in the long run. Um, this this new Jax, I like that they're letting the character go to the dark place mm-hmm. a little bit, but I really only want to see this for, like, three or four episodes. Like, I don't want to see this for an entire season. Yeah, and and just to be clear, we're not saying that we're not fans of Jax, and we're not saying that we're not behind Jax. It, it, the issue is, he's got... He's got a mistaken idea of what's going on. It's going to cost people a lot of lives. So, you know, we're behind him, the character. We want the best for him. We want him to know what really happened so that he can stop this wave of devastation. But this path that he's on, as he says in this episode, I don't have a vision anymore. It's purely about self-destruction and revenge. And it's not, it's not the positive Jax that we know and love. It's yeah. not Jax at his best. So, you know, it's not a new Jax or an old Jax. This is Jax in mourning, Jax without his head on straight. Well, it's Jax with no no re- regard for human life. 100%, which he has always had. No matter what he's had to do to keep his club afloat, it's always been about that. And it's it's been necessary killing. Yeah. Like, it's it's not... I mean, uh, some of it was from for revenge. You know, but, like, this episode, it's, like, really, like, he's killing... And I gotta remind myself that they're all... They're all triads. They're all gang members. They're selling yeah. drugs. They're selling coke. But it's still like it's selling just, heroin. Yeah, it's massacring two. Pe- it's massacring six people, and then in the end, killing those two guys. Where I'm just like, actually, it was twelve people this episode. It was uh, six of Lynn's men, four buyers, and then the muscle that they were framing. The two muscle. I just right off the bat. I don't. I know we're not talking about that right now, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
Well, we'll, we, we'll, yeah. we'll get to it. So, uh, Jax takes the opportunity to uh, to meet with August Marks, who was like conspicuously absent from last week's episode. I'm always happy to have him back. Uh, happy to see the Pope Industries banner, mm-hmm. um, and good to know that you know that he's in Jax's corner. He's not telling he's not telling Marks everything about what he's planning. Um, you know, he's he's honestly keeping him in the dark. He's saying, like, look, you know, I helped make this deal with Connor and the agents just to help them get on board with the fact that you're in charge of guns. Now. Great, great speech by uh, by August, though. Mm-hmm. When, when about patience. When he talks to Jackson, it's like you, you're talking about Pope. Mm-hmm. And great to mention Pope when he's like, look, when that happened, I didn't go out and just flood the streets with blood. I was just like business first, let it sit, and then you make a decision. But it's like so many people, it's, it's such a, it's so interesting to look at this, the first episode when we have Patterson basically telling him the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now we have August telling him the same thing. I mean, are we going to get this every single episode until he finally has a, until somebody from the club finally tells it? And I think it's going to be Bobby, hmm. if anyone. I don't know if it's going to be beating him over the head with a message. I, I just, I do like that we're getting it from both sides of the law. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I always love about shows like this, and this show in particular, is the intelligent criminal. Is somebody who understands, uh, is very well read, and understands that something like patience is so valuable. That for us to grow uh, a business and grow a family and protect ourselves and make the right decisions that you know you can turn to philosophy to give you the give you the strength and give you the knowledge to be able to drive you to the best decisions even if it involves killing a bunch of people but it's still he's talking about clarity it's not just patience it's clarity it's taking the time to not only step away from the violence and make sure that you're whole and make sure that that is the person who really did wrong you but then ultimately deciding what does this vengeance need to be? What do I actually need to make it right? Do I need to kill all of Lynn's uh, loved family ones, and- family, friends, coworkers, everybody, let him live, and then kill him later? Which some might call a bit excessive. I mean, others not might enough. other might say it's not enough. I mean, he did kill uh, he did kill his wife, quote unquote. You know, because uh, that's what Jax believes. But I feel like with clarity in time, he would see that it's it's a much simpler revenge that is that is needed. Like this is overkill. Dismantle his entire business, kill all of his men, and then kill everyone he cares about. Let him live, and then kill him later. I mean, it's just like it's. I'll say it again. It's overkill. It's like it's essentially it's the movie sucker punch. It's like, okay, fine. You've got giant, you know, mechanized samurai robots with machine guns. You've got uh, women in schoolgirl outfits who've got superpowers. You've got Nazis. You've got fire. You've got dragons. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't add up to anything. And then you're left realizing, like, man, I put all that effort into putting all this stuff on the table, into doing so much, but what did it actually accomplish? Did I actually do what I wanted to accomplish? And I feel like... On the other side of it, he's not going to be proud of the stack of bodies that he's created. He's not going to be proud of it. Well, he's definitely not. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because it makes me think back what to Kevin said last week mm-hmm. when he's like, "I don't think that Clay was going to plan to go out so soon." Yeah, because if I look at the character, it looks like Jax is kind of they're trying to push Jax into being the unlikable character that Clay was 
to make people root against Jack so they have somebody to come bring back. Because hmm. everyone was hoping for the redemption of Clay. And, I mean, they never really got that. No, they never really got yeah. that. <laughs> but but Jax is now the, like, the thing with, uh, what was his name, Gibber? Gibber and uh, the two oh, guys. The, the, the two muscle? The two muscle guys. Jib and uh, Jim and uh, Remy or Ranny? Yeah. Something, yeah. And uh, that's a clay move. It's yeah. an absolute clay move that was not covered up as well as clay would have covered it up. Well, I mean, you use the exact same sh- uh, sawed-off shoddy that uh, that they were using during the hit. I mean, that's not necessarily smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. No, you're doing... You, what am I saying? Of course you do that, because you're trying to frame him in the first place. But they don't place. have the bodies to see the gun marks, so it doesn't make well, sense. Well, no, but the, sh- the, the, shells, the shells and the powder are okay. going to match that gun. Of course you plant that gun on them. What am I talking about? I guess they just didn't plan on a jury being as close to those guys as no, he was. No, because they thought he was just, you know, bringing them some some saps, but he actually, like, actually cared about the guys. He actually likes them, which is, you know, it's pretty screwed up. We're going to get into that in a second. Um, so after meeting with August, we've got Tig and Rat uh, on stakeout. And I don't remember that we've ever really had like a ton of time with these two together, but they're such a pleasure to watch. Their interaction and the fact that Rat was able to get one over on Tig on like the gross out department. Yeah, what was it? What was the it insult? was um it was uh What did Tig say? Because I remember Tig what Rat said, said, you know, when we're done here, you know, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck your mother. I'm I'm gonna have sex with your mother. And, and you're gonna like, walk in, my dad's gonna be fucking your mother with a or no, my mother's going to be fucking your dad with a big black dildo, and your dad's going to be screaming my, my name. name. Okay. And yeah. takes just like, well played. Yeah, it's like, that was that was good. And then he shoves his face in his crotch. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, just... oh, are you getting hard? What's wrong with you? Oh. Yeah. They're a good, they're good uh, comedic duo. You know, they lighten the situation while Jax is killing people. <sighs> well, we need some jokes. We need jokes from somewhere. Christ. This is a heavy show, man. You need some jokes. Well, they did bring the hay bales and be like, hey, and then shoot them. <laughs> I don't think that was why. <laughs> that was not. They got the hay bales. Uh, so they find out, you know, they're, they're tailing uh, Lynn's shipment, and uh, we meet up with the Indian Indian Hills guys. We get to see Jury again, uh, who we, we met, you know, last season. Always has had Jack's back. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Always. That's what makes this so messed up. Yeah, especially, you know, like, like, Jax kind of gives him an out, I think, if I remember correctly in this scene, you know, they're, they're talking and, you know, Jax is like, uh, look, you know, we're going to be taking out these, these triad guys. If this steps on any of your business, because, you know, jury says we, we deal with triads, you know, down in Nevada, we do some muling for them. And jury's like, no, man, we're with you all the way. But what is your plan? Yeah, and then Jax lays it out, and you can see, like, you can see Jury's soul leave his body, like, oh my god. Like, god damn, this and he's like, crazy. you realize this brings you far away from the vision you shared the last time we saw each other. I'm gonna pick apart Lynn, all of his business, all of his friends, and then I'm gonna get in real close to him and be that helping hand to help him. And then once he fully trusts me, I'm gonna tell him that I'm the one that brought him down at his table in front of his entire family of loved ones. And then I'm going to ask him who to spare, the one person that he loves most. And then I'm going to kill him right in front of him. And then I'm going to kill all of them. And then I'm going to keep him alive until I torture him slowly and kill him. It's like, what? what is this fucking Scarface? Like, what the hell, Jack? Kind of. Like, a little bit. He's formidable. He's formidable and highly dangerous, according to Unser. It's the truth. Yeah, 
Like, I think that's like honestly, and it's it's something that we have to give Kurt Sutter credit for. Uh, is how skillfully and how quietly, because it's not just it's not just Tara's death. Like the Jacks we met in season one, even if Tara had died, would not be capable of this. There was a constant and consistent progression, a slide of all of the things that Jacks had to do in the course of trying to bring the club out of guns, warped him to the point that now that he is in mourning and wants revenge, he's capable of far more. You either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. I mean, it's a joke, <laughs> but it's not. Though. I know it, it fits the situation. It really, well. really does. It's a good point. The worst. I mean, still to this day, though, even with terror, even with everything, the worst death I've probably seen, and the most horrifying scene in this entire season or in series is still Ron Pope burning Tig's daughter to death in front of him. Mm-hmm. Like that's still like Damon even, Pope. Damon Pope. Yeah. Burning Tig's daughter in front of him. Out yeah. of all, out of all, even even what Jax just said about doing to Lynn, like that still takes it from me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's normal because like that's still like my, that's just over the top. Yeah. Also, how how long did Damon Pope wait before he exacted that revenge? I mean, it wasn't that long. I mean, it yeah. was between seasons. But I mean, I don't remember how big of a gap there was between season four and season five, but. He needs to remember his patience mantra. Yeah, right. Patience, patience. So um, they uh, they go they go on an assault on this shipment. They bring this extra muscle with them on the auspices that they just need two more guys that they don't have enough. Sorry, one sec. Um, just to clear my memory up, I'm sorry, guys. I should probably know this. Does August know that Jax is the one that killed no. Damon? He doesn't know that Not yet. yet. Okay, so they covered it fairly well. Yeah. They blamed it on Clay. They blamed it on Clay, you know, but it never really sat right. And he, okay. here's where that uh, that discussion of patience has some more layers and gets interesting. Is if August Marks does know, oh. and he's just sitting on it and keeping Jacks close until he finally has clarity and decides what to do. Now that's that crazy. makes that speech far cooler, far more foreshadowing too. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. a good theory. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, so they go on, they assault the shipment, and it's great to get a, a, a classic Sons of Anarchy action sequence, some good driving stunts, a lot of bullets, a lot of blood, um, you know, it was Looks very... Looks like those Sons of Anarchy boys are at it again. I guess they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is not Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. this is not. Um, and, uh, one of the things, though, that bothers me about the show, and maybe I'll get some heat about this... And this episode, I think, is a great example. I know that it's true to these characters, but there's a lot of casual racism on the show in the language. And I know that this is just how these guys talk, but it's excessive, and there is a decision to put as much of it in there. Well, it's like right when you mention that, then we have like the line with... uh, It was like like yellow monkeys, slants, you know, multiple N-words... And then just the random scene where uh, Peter Weller's like, you know, so-and-so, you're the only wet back I don't want to kill, see dead right now. It's exactly. Like, okay, five seconds to show just to say wet back. Yeah, it's just, we don't, it's not It's not necessary. And, and you know. Not that it's bad writing, it's just like, it's excessive for no real it reason. It just, it feels, it feels a little forced just because there's so much of it. It's just, it to me... I don't know. I don't need it to enjoy the show. And I don't think that it makes the show any less realistic if 
you just cut back a little bit. Maybe it's just this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so they assault the shipment. They discover that the buy wasn't being made with money at all, but with drugs, with heroin. Um, and they decide to split it with Indian Hills and keep half for themselves because they're going to use it later. Store all the guns with Borowski. And, uh, you know, obviously, Lynn's going to find out about it. He's furious. He asks Nero to track him down. They all meet up together. He, like, blockades Nero with Wendy. Yeah, like like old school gangster shit. Like, he, like, legitimately gave him no way out and uh, forced him to go find, find Jax. Jack comes in, he's like, you know, like, hey, man, we found out about it, too. How'd you find out about it? Oh, we got connections that we're not going to talk about. I mean, it's like, is it is it no problem at all? Like, couldn't there be a version of this scene where uh, Jax and Co. Like, are like, we, what happened? Like, how could, the, how could they have possibly known about it? How could they have possibly known we about it? We got our pipeline, too, I mm-hmm. know. Because that makes sense, and that just explains it, and doesn't make us look suspicious at all, you know. What is this voice? Is this your Jackson? It's my Jackson. Here I got it. Jackson. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Not not your best look. Not my best. Um. So, uh, Lynn gets all up in his face. He's like, "Look, you know, I'm pretty sure this is you. If it's not you, you have, you know, you have 24 hours to find out who did it. Or, or I'm charming just, is a bloodbath. Char- like I'm gonna bring blood to Mayberry. It's done. Okay." Uh, and Jax and the gang go to uh, pay off the muscle for ruining their truck and uh, instead execute them and frame them for, for this murder. Which, like, okay. Oh, no, I get it. Hold on. I was going to say, why would you only leave them with one bag of smack? There were four bags in the, in the suitcase. If these guys were, were the ones behind this incredible you know shootout first of all two men taking down all those guys impossible but if these guys were really part uh, of white yeah if these guys were really really capable of doing it uh why wouldn't they have all the smack that's what the cash is for they sold the rest of the smack they sold the rest of the smack uh and now they've got just a little bit left but the interesting thing that they're doing here and you were just saying it steven is they're pinning it on white not them but other whites, which brings us back to Tully and the first episode and the Aryan Nation. And I'm wondering... Aryan Nation. Aryan Nation. People get mad that I don't say Aryan right. Aryan Nation. Happy? Uh, The Aryan Nation, I'm wondering if they're going to try to pin this on the Aryans. What do you think, Stephen? I think it's possible. It's like I'm not quite sure right now because at this point I see them finding jury at the house when they get there. And I see them knowing that it was Jax Teller. Mm-hmm. And I see them playing it like they don't know just to trap Jax. Well, it's pretty heartbreaking for jury to find no, these guys it's terrible. dead. And, and not just that, but to realize the lengths to which Jax will go and the fact that this guy who he's like, I'll have, I have your back, I'll do whatever for you, is flat out lying to his face. About about what his actual intentions are. You know, it's it's messed up on several on several reasons. One reason is because it really screws over jury because jury vouches for the guys to get him involved. The second reason is he said we can trust these guys, and obviously they could trust the guys. What hmm. what's messed up is it's it's not killing like two random people who are involved with it and pinning it on them. Yeah, it's basically pinning it on allies. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is messed up is that Tig is not saying anything. Not Tig. Um, Chibs is not saying anything. 
Tiggs hasn't given his old, hey, Jackie boy, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, he hasn't said anything. Like, literally, since that first speech, I guess, is what they gave the first speech for from the season, it's, you're either with me or against me, like, you better be willing to do whatever. It's like, you still need somebody to be like, look, man, what the fuck are you doing? Well, if if not him, then Bobby. Bobby, yeah. yeah. It's like, Jax, what the fuck are you doing? Like, pardon my language, but like... I think, honestly, you know, it's it's a combination of that speech, but also, like, this is a guy who's inconsolable. I don't know what if what I'm saying is going to, A, make an impact, and B, if they all really believe that the Asians are behind it and lying about it, this is not out of the question. It's a, maybe a little more cold-blooded than how we would have appro- approached it in the past, but we still would have executed all of the people responsible. We would have executed all the people responsible, but Chibs would have had more of a qualm with killing two random people who trusted them. I think if you watch back, you would be you would be surprised. Really? Yeah. I think that he, he is a soldier. This is a guy from the IRA. He is a soldier first and foremost. That's true. And, you know, he had to wear the vice president patch last season, and that's why he took on more of a, a you know, a consultant role and was, like, trying to guide Jax through that season. But he is still a soldier, and this is war. Jax has declared a secret war on the Asians. And the fact is, if they're at war, you can't question the man in charge, period. I just thought it was kind of messed up. I mean, I get where it's going, and I understand it, and it works. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of messed up. It is messed up. It's and thoroughly I, messed when up. I, when I, as soon as I saw the guy on the couch playing Xbox, I'm like, fuck, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, right when you... You never have somebody sitting on a couch playing Xbox. And earlier in the episode, you were like, oh, man, the new prospect. Shut up. <laughs> the, he was a new prospect until he decided to play Xbox, and that's just yeah. such a, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah, why was he playing, like, it looked like Wipeout. It was like Gran Turismo or something. Uh, we also get to briefly see uh, Happy this episode uh, taking care of the body of the man that they killed last last episode. They've got his head in a box of fortune cookies, um, and we were we were kind of debating. I personally thought he was dissolving the head in that vat of acid. You said that he the head was in the fortune cookie box because they were going to send it to them as a message. Yeah, I think they're going to send the head as a message, and I think they're going to have the bo- the bodies dissolved in the barrel. Mm-hmm. But he was locking the barrel. He wasn't... Um, Got it. He wasn't opening the barrel. Okay. Smart. Yeah. Okay, you're absolutely right. All right, uh, moving on. So, Nero, he's back in deep with Gemma, seemingly overnight. Uh, you know, he's back at the house, he's happy, he's like, I love this, I miss this. Oh, my baby. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jimmy Smith is so great. He's, he's fantastic. I'm so glad that he's on this show. And, uh, he has this meeting, we'll get into Wendy and Jim in a moment, but he has this meeting with, uh, with Oso and Borowski. Uh, and Oso just, like, he hates Borowski. And Isn't, he, he doesn't... Borowski's w- very unlikable, though. He is very unlikable, you know, but, like, this is the cost of doing business. And this is a guy who's just like, no, screw your way of doing business. We should be able to do whatever we want. You know, like, like fuck you, white man. Fuck you for saying that you're in charge of this entire port. Because you're just... Who, who are you? You're just another corrupt cop who, like, thinks that he's better than all of us. Fuck you. And, I mean, he's not wrong, but if you're going to be a professional, this is the way things are done. You just got to you just gotta pay the man and, and deal with it. Pay us 5K, and yeah. then maybe renegotiate later. Yeah, and, and, and first of all, Borowski's making a concession. Normally, he takes a piece of whatever's going on. And, and you're going to take a flat fee, you know? Like, that's different. Yeah, and he's like, 
he like is okay with it. That's a victory. Take your victory. Take your victory and be satisfied. And and he's not. I don't think anyone in the show is ever satisfied with any of their victories. I think you're right. But Oso just continues to be he's trouble, man. He he's suspicious of Nero all the time. He's, you know, belligerent with Borowski. He's belligerent with Jax. And I just I feel like this guy is a ticking time bomb. Like the the first inkling he gets that Jax is in the wrong, he's gonna come after somebody. You know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's the one, he's like, he's the one that is kind of a wild card at this point because we know Alvarez way too well. Yeah. So we needed somebody new that is kind of unpredictable so we don't know what he's going to do. And I think that's where we bring in Oso because he's kind of a new player to the game. Yeah, and I think honestly, you know, having somebody who is a little younger a little younger than you know some of the other players who uh, is a little greener in terms of like having a chapter that's in this big business he's used to you know handling shit on his own he's not used to this broad canvas and all these players it's good to have a wild card in the bunch just from storytelling perspective because that way you know no matter what everyone else is doing this guy could just de- decide to do whatever the hell he wants and upset the whole apple cart which could be very exciting a few episodes from now. yeah I don't know yeah D- not no, not sure where that goes yeah um, so you know Nero he uh, he's happy to be with Gemma but he also uh, you know recognizes that she's not perfect Wendy comes out of her room I love that she was like hi mom hi dad. <laughs> Uh, Coffee's hot. Yeah. And uh, Wendy is being a better parent than Gemma right now. Gemma. What do you mean right now? Well, I mean, well, she wasn't when she was doing smack. Okay, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she's like, you can't smoke around these kids. And he's like, I've been trying to tell her forever. This is this is unacceptable behavior. Finally, you know, Gemma puts out the cigarette and, and Wendy's like, look, you know, um, this, uh, this pre-K... Abel should definitely start school. There's no reason for him not to, except you're being an overprotective mama bird, and this is a good school. You know, um, you should go check it out. And Gemma's like, no, you check it out. I, I, I can't be bothered. Um, and she's like, well, I don't have a car. Nero offers to take her. And uh, Nero and Wendy, we kind of mentioned it earlier, they have this great, really long scene in the car where we start to develop their relationship. They haven't had a ton of interaction so far, and I feel like setting up this relationship right now uh, is basically saying to the audience, this is one to watch, this will be important later. You know, we took the time to let this scene breathe to show how much these two have in common, how much they care about kids, their experience with drugs, their experience with being in jail. I mean, obviously, Nero for far longer. Um, But the fact is, they have a lot in common, so get used to these two being together. They may have to band together uh, against Gemma or something like that. We also we, we got a, a series of, uh, of of tweets from uh, Lily Pop Chainsaw that I just want to I just want to me- throw this theory out there and see, tell me what you think, Stephen. Uh, she says she thinks Nero's going to have to off Jax. That he's going to think that Jax is doing if he finds out what's going on with with Jax's plan. Uh, that he's going to have to take care of this before it becomes war, before it, war comes to charming. Uh, you know, Jax isn't thinking clearly. Uh, Gemma's going to go along with it to protect the club. Well, th- I don't know about that. Uh, he's got a one-track mind, and that's revenge. He seems dead set on destroying anyone around him, uh, who's, and he screws in the end. Nero is fixing to go full OG on his ass and put a cap in it to en- in the end, in her opinion. You see any truth in that? 
I think it's possible, but I see more. I see more Jax killing Nero in front of Gemma after finding out what Gemma's done. Ooh, because it's essentially what he was going to do to the Asians. Yeah, the only one that Gemma cares about is Jax, the boys, and Nero. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to kill the boys. That's He's not going to kill himself. Yeah. And Nero has kind of went against him a few more times too many. Yeah. I, I could see, see that, too. I could see him definitely executing Nero in front yeah. of Gemma. Here's the thing. I, It's tough because Gemma is so sociopathic and she's so far gone that maybe she would put herself in a position where she would be okay with letting Jax die. But I honestly don't see it. She's she, she's obsessed with this role of being the mother, and not just the mother of the club, but this is her son, her only son. I can't see her uh, going to the point where she's going to let him die. I really can't, and maybe I'll be surprised this season. I, I won't be shocked if I, you know, if I am surprised this season. Um, but it, to me right now, I don't know that that's necessarily the way to go. I feel like if Nero found out what was going on, he might be moved to take action. But again, this guy's not really, he doesn't want to be a killer either. He got dragged into this business, you know, just after just all this crap with the, with the sons. He didn't want to be an OG anymore. And now he's in it, but he's more of a politician in that world than he is an OG. Yeah, so you never, I honestly... Nero's kind of a wild card. Um, Oso's kind of a wild card. Juice is the big wild card right now. Yeah. And people are going to hate me for saying wild card so many times. But Juice is like the one that the tables can turn at any moment because Juice can tell the truth at any moment. Yeah. Because he's such a conflicted character that you never know what he's going to unpredictably do. Well, I mean, one of the key moments with Juice this, uh, this episode, and we'll talk about all of it, but is where uh, he calls Chibs. He calls Chibs and, 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 and hangs up. He, do, he can't bring himself to talk to him. But, uh, you know, we had that scene last season where Chibs just beat the hell out of him. Um, Chibs beat the hell out of him, and, you know, by and large, they were square. And I'm wondering, you know, because that was just a major offloading of guilt for Juice. It was, it was, it was an outlet for his guilt. This, if Chibs beats me up, things will get better, and they didn't. I'm wondering if since he feels so guilty, he's turning to that same outlet, and that's why he called Chibs in particular. What do you think? I think it's more because Chibs is the only one who knew he tried to commit suicide. Mm. Like, at that moment. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think he can confide in Chibs. Because the fact that he did that and they didn't kick him out for that, I think that's why he thinks Chibs is the one he can confide in. I might be wrong on that. Um, I do want to point out something, uh, just because Mike August sent in the catches of the week. Um, just one about Nero and Wendy. I mean, a lot of these we actually kind of discussed a little bit, but the one about Nero and Wendy, he says that Nero tells Wendy that the truth will set you free, and it's kind of interesting on the path of the characters are all on a path of destruction due to Gemma's lies. Nero and Wendy, as flawed as they are, are the only ones truthful in their selves, and that's probably why they're the ones leading to the good life, because mm-hmm. the truth is going to set them free. And it also is a way of, like, the truth can set juice free in a way, is what I kind of liken that to. Well, I mean, Hopefully. A, a bullet is going to set him free but by the end of this season. Do you think that juice dies? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. You don't think- I will be stunned if juice lives. Because he's making dumb decisions. He is pulling himself closer to the club when he has an out, okay? Gemma gives him nearly five grand 
and she tells him to get out of town. There is a house he can hide in. He has enough money to get started somewhere, okay? this If this guy had any self-preservation whatsoever, he would get the hell out of Dodge. Mike August says, I can see Juice telling Jax that Gemma killed Tara, a loyal gesture which would be Juice's way of making things right with the crew. Also, I don't think Jax will kill him. Losing his patch would be worse than losing his life for Juice. And that kind of plays into where Juice is right now and that he could leave, but the club has been his life since he was... However, we've known him as a character, of course. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I kind of agree with that in a little bit of a way. Like, the reason he's pulling himself back in is because he knows nothing else, and he's still, in his mind, he's still loyal to them. I don't think he wants to kill everyone in the club. Like, I don't think seeing him go to the Mayans, I think that might have been something different. Like, might might have been him trying to help the club in another way. Hmm. So... Honestly, we see in the previews, I don't know if you guys watched the previews, mentioning the previews here, so stop listening for just a sec. We yeah, see just him talk- fast forward about a minute. Yeah, we see him talking to Chibs, and mm-hmm. we see Chibs, and no, talking face-to-face with Chibs, not just on a burner cell phone. So, I mean, Chibs says some pretty harsh words, but I feel like that's the opening scene, and I feel like, I feel like he might tell Chibs next episode the whole truth. I honestly, I honestly don't think, I, I don't think that he'd betray Gemma. Um, here, we'll save the rest of this conversation for predictions. predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talking about juice and Gemma and Unser, uh, juice lets Unser go at the top of the episode, uh, setting off kind of a chain of events here. Did anyone really think he was going to kill Unser? I mean, if he was going to kill me, would have killed him last episode, but maybe he'd keep him hostage a little while longer. I don't know. But, uh, he, uh, he didn't kill Unser. He let him go. Uh, and Unser offered to help him find a new life. Again, another opportunity to get out. To get out. But I think you're right when you say that Juice doesn't value himself as much as he values the club. He doesn't value himself enough to get himself the hell out of there. He keeps talking about his money in the pot store, and it's just sort of like, dude, you're not getting the money. You're not getting it. It will not come to you. That is no longer an option. Here are your options. Take them. Or turn yourself into the club. Or turn yourself into the police. I mean, he's just finding excuses to stay close to the club. Yeah. And it's it sucks because he was such a good character, but it all started with Roosevelt pushing him mm-hmm. from, I know you're kind of black. The dumbest thing ever. The club wouldn't even give a crap. The well. Probably the, not. No, it was in the bylaws. It was in the bylaws, but the, honestly, like... For where he was in the club, like if they found out, it wouldn't have been. I think they actually mentioned it to them, and they didn't really care. Well, when it finally came out, yeah, it didn't matter as much. But the fear, the fear made sense to me. No, but it's just like something small like that has escalated into, hey, steal this pack of drugs. Hey, do this, do that. Hide this pack of drugs. He ends up killing another club member, and mm-hmm. this is just where it all spirals out of control. And now he's in Clay's pocket. Now. He was ends up in Jax's pocket. Now he ends up having to do all these terrible things that should be left to Tig, which drive him crazy because he actually has morals. He's not happy. He's not Tig, which leads him to telling Nero about Jax, telling him to kill Darvini. Darvini. And now we're in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it bothers you that Juice has been a punching bag the last four seasons. It bothers me, but I think I think there's redemption. Because mm. honestly, I think there's even redemption with Jax, with Juice. Because honestly, nothing's really negative has come out of him telling Nero yet. Nothing gigantically negative. Do you think 
that if Juice were to come to Jax and say, Gemma killed Tara, he'd actually believe him? I think if Juice were to go to Jax and tell him exactly what happened, that he killed Roosevelt, and literally described exactly how it went down, there's no witnesses to talk. Juice would be the only one with the entire story, mm-hmm. and it would be more coherent than Gemma's story. And the fact that Gemma's the one who hit him with Wendy's house, and Wendy could con- converse that Gemma's the one who was hiding Juice. If Juice decided to completely throw Gemma under the bus, mm-hmm. with the help of Wendy, he could completely throw Gemma under the bus. Well, there's kind of that smoking gun moment where Unser says, you know, there are only three people with keys to this apartment, and that's, uh, that's Wendy, me, and Gemma. That's him basically saying, I know Gemma put you here, yeah. you know. Uh, and he, obviously, he thought that, you know, Gemma was just trying to protect him and was trying to, for once, put friendship ahead of the club, which is so not her style. Uh, she's only keeping him there just simply because he's her accomplice. <laughs> it's just to keep her own skin, you know, keep uh, save her own skin. But, uh, yeah, I'm very, very curious to see what happens to Juice. I'm really disappointed that he came back. I really wanted to see him get out alive. Like, friggin', like, drive, go to another country. Pull an Aaron Paul and just be, ah, Go just anywhere. And then, you know, call from a scrambled number and tell, tell them everything and tell them you're sorry. For Christ's sake, don't <sighs> stay. But, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Unser, uh, well, actually, before we get into Unser, there's something we missed with Gemma that I really want to talk about. And that's her scene with Abel, which is just kind of, which is all kinds of brutal. Um, where uh, Abel asks her, how do you know that mommy uh, went to heaven? Because I sent her there, sweetheart. Yeah, well, it's really painful. It's a great performance from Katie Zagal. Don't you... If you look at the symbolism, though, like look at what he, look at what they're going with right now. You have, he's asking about heaven, and Katie Segal says, or sorry, Gemma says that Tara is an angel, and all mm-hmm. angels go to heaven. What did Katie, or sorry, what did Gemma, kill Tara with? A fork, like a pitchfork, like she's the devil. I think I, I get it, but I'm like, it's it's a stretch. It, it's, it's a, a stretch. stretch. Yeah, but hey, all right, fine. Um. No, what's what's awful about it, about the scene, though, is, you know, she says, you know, because your mommy was an angel, all angels go to heaven. But then she she doesn't let him go play at TM. It's, you know, and I get it in the, in the way of, like, you know, I can't drive this kid anywhere right now. I can't look at him right now because of my guilt. But the way she lashes out at him, it's like, no, they can play here today. It's yeah. just like it's just like punishing him for wanting to know about his mom and exactly. not caring about his grandma as much. Exactly, punishing him for grieving for grieving over his mother that she killed. Well, he doesn't know about his mother yet. He doesn't really even understand it. Yeah, it's like mommy went to heaven. Okay, is mommy coming back from heaven? Mm-hmm. Is mommy gonna just stay in heaven for a little bit? Is it like a Airbnb in heaven? Where's daddy? Yeah, where's daddy? Daddy go to heaven with mommy? Yeah. This kid's so screwed. I, I really hope that they have they have a chance in hell, but I honestly don't know. Another shout out to Mike August. What he said on this was dun When uh, Wendy said this is the beginning of Abel's education, and Mike took that as subtext that Abel is at the imp- start of the impressionable age, learning things from his dad and becoming like him regarding a future in Sam Crow. Hmm. I, I again, there's no proof of that. I feel Str- like. 
stretch. It's a, a lot of the subtext stuff is stretch. Is a, is a big stretch. But we have Unser, and the one like super fun thing that's going on with him is he does meet up with Althea Jerry. He does become a consulting member of the sheriff's department once again. I'm a cop! He gets some insurance, and he's kind of blown away by uh, everything that's happening to him right now. I'm really, really happy about this decision. I like keeping Unser active. It makes me really, really happy. Uh, and, you know, I really want to see him investigate this case. The bad news is uh, now Gemma also knows that he's investigating, and she's obviously going to work against him uh, and try to use his investigation to stay one step ahead of the cops. Probably, and I still think Unser is the unsung, unsung martyr. Mm-hmm. I still think he dies to save somebody else. That's, I wouldn't be surprised. That's been his kind of character from the beginning of knowing him. Well, I, really I mean, think. he's he's the doomed man. Yeah. You know, he's going to die anyway. There's no reason not to risk his life for someone else. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. I think it's time for predictions. <gasps> also, Josh, you forgot and to now, lock the door. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Did he? Yeah. It's not locked. Yeah, it's not locked. No one it's came not in, locked. though. No, nice. Nobody came in. That's nice. All right. So, uh, folks, if you consider the previews from next week to be spoilers, this may be the time to duck out. But if you don't, we're going to be talking about them because uh, they, they're very, very prevalent, at least on the juice front. Uh, so, you know, juice and chibs do wind up having a sit-down. Um, you know, we've got this. Uh, we've got this jury loose end to think about. What do you think is happening next week? I think Jury's caught by the Asians, and I think that brings it back to Sam Crow. Hmm. And I think Jury is probably going to be killed, and his head's probably going to be put in a box and sent to Sam Crow. See, I, I can't imagine that that's what, what's going to happen. I feel like it's far more dramatically compelling to have Jury know that Jack's double-crossed him, to get the hell out of there, let it play out, and then ultimately have the other charters turn on Jack's. I think it does make sense, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure which direction they're going to go. Here's what I think. And tell me if this is, like, way out there. I think that before Jax can get his blood war, I think it would be really cool if the other charters turned on Redwood. And like you were saying with Juice, his patch is more important than his life. They took Jax's patch, and he was forced to live a normal life at the end of this as, pay as, as penance for what he's done and what he what he did to the charter. Yeah, that's a lot more compelling to see the other charters kind of going have to up. just raise his sons. I don't think he'll lose his patch. Hmm. I think the problem is is cuz he's president. So it's such a it's such a split if they were to go against him. And he's already he's already sprung the loyalty in his in his charter mm -hmm. that it would be his charter versus everyone at that point. Yeah. So that might be interesting too. Um I was saying something about a character earlier, and you said, let's save it for predictions. Um, I mean, it was it was about Juice and Chibs. Oh, was it about Juice and Chibs? Um, I think that Chibs probably puts the stevia in Juice's drink, and... Uh, We're not... This isn't Breaking Bad. Oh, oh sorry. I kind of lost myself for a second there. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Chibs will tell a half-truth. I think Chibs will tell, I mean, not Chibs, a Juice. I think Juice will tell Chibs a half-truth. He'll tell him that he knows what really happens to, happened to Tara. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he'll tell him what happened to Tara. Because I think he'll say, Jax won't believe me if I told him. So it's up to Chibs to arrange a meet with Jax. I like that idea. 
So uh, we'll I like see. that idea a lot, especially if uh, the actions in these episodes have started a war that Jax then can't stop now knowing the truth. Yeah. I really, really like that, and I hope that's where we go with this season. Uh, what if Jury stays at Jibby's place to meet with whoever goes there and to be like, I know what happened. They weren't the ones. I know what happened. I feel like that he would get shot before he could say anything. I don't think so, because the people think they're going there to get re- dead bodies. They don't think they're going to meet somebody. And plus, if he's wearing a Sam Crow patch, Sam Crow's the one who reported it in. So it mm-hmm. wouldn't. I guess it wouldn't be too far fetched to have a Sam Crow guy there to meet them there. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see next week. All right, Stephen Undergaro and Chrisley. Yes. Stephen, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S D E P H E N L E M I U X, as well as doing uh, the Sleepy Hollow After Show starting next week. I might not be here next week for it, but I might, be, but I'll be here the rest of them. Um, and the Strain After Show with Matt Lieberman, Zach Wilson, and Jackie Borowski Sundays at 9 p.m. and doing some spotlight on soon. Check them out. Great. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. And you can find me here doing all kinds of stuff. Sleepy Hollow and The Strain with Steven. Got Ray Donovan, uh, Doctor Who, The Nick, bunch of other cool stuff. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s coming up. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 